Well, good morning, Derek. Hello, Chris. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing just peachy, thank you. Are you ready for the radio show? Oh, I'm so excited. It's a beautiful day. It's sunny outside. Then we should begin. Okay. So what do we got in the show today, Derek? Well, we're going to be talking about some latest Israeli incursions into Gaza, police brutality in North America, the end of the world according to Stephen Hawking, G7's fucked up backwards priorities, and... A seance. A real fucking seance. Are you serious? I'm fucking serious. That's going to be so awesome. I love ghosts. Let's have sex. Get 
And we're back. We are back on G7 Radio. Episode 6. 6! That was... 6. 6? 6. It is June. 6th episode in June. We, didn't we? We talked about 666 yeah. six last episode. That was Converge with a song called When Eagles Become Vultures. From their album, You Fail Me. Released on Epilaph Records. Preceding that was New York's finest Anthrax Anthrax with a song Caught in the Mosh Derek I don't know about you this week I've been feeling caught in a fucking mosh I think that the world is caught in a mosh right now an Albert mosh <laughs> I wish the world was caught in, a, in an Albert yes, mosh because it would be a very non-serious and in you, fact funny you mosh. could walk away yeah you could walk, walk away, away no one would care right right so here we are, episode six. The world is caught in a mosh. world's caught in a fucking mosh, people. Uh, there's double standards everywhere. Double speak. Yeah, Israeli hostage. One soldier taken hostage. Meanwhile, what's happened? What's happened in Gaza in the past week, in the past month, in the past year, in the past decade? Yeah, they're talking. There's a lot of talk in the news right now about how Israel will retaliate for uh, the Palestinians who came in, abducted an Israeli soldier. Captured. Captured. And uh, these militants killed, they killed two Israeli soldiers, I like to point out. You know, no one likes to get killed. But two soldiers compared to it. the uh, constant attack that uh, Gaza undergoes on a daily basis. I'd like to quote here from uh, Jonathan Cook, writing on counter the counterpunch.org websites. I hear he's a good cook. In the it says, uh, and, and I quote, We can ignore the weeks of shelling by the Israeli army of Gaza, the firing of hundreds of missiles into the crowded strip that have destroyed Palestinian lives and property while spreading terror among the civilian population and deepening the psychological trauma suffered by a generation of children. We can ignore the deaths of more than 30 civilians and dozens of horrific injuries in the past few weeks at the hands of the Israeli military including three trillion. In- <laughs> three trillion? <laughs> including three it's children. It's a genocide! <laughs> How can they not call that a genocide? It's the Earth's population killed <laughs> at least Time- six times over. Three children hit in a botched airstrike last week and a heavily pregnant woman botched. A heavily pregnant woman. <laughs> what? Who wrote this? Jonathan Cook. It's frustrating to see the lengths that the media has gone to to humanize this individual soldier, which evaluated on its own is a good thing. Because all, the, all, all people involved in war should be humanized, yeah. which, and that's not what happens. When Palestinians are imprisoned or they're shelled or shot or assassinated, they're just called a militant. Or, yeah. it's or they're collateral a, damage. Or, yeah, they're collateral damage. And we don't know what they look like. We don't know who they are. We don't hear about their families. There's a concerted effort to, to humanize the victims when they're the right victims. You right. Know, this, the, and this goes for all conflicts. And, uh, you know, just look at September 11th. You know, 3,000 people, very humanized, you know, mm-hmm. detailed eulogies and, uh, and obituaries. Rightly so. Right, and rightly so. Yet, you know, the victims of U.S. foreign policy. Are we never, never know. Yeah. yeah. No mm-hmm. names. This is no surprise. This is the continuing saga of, the, of a world caught in a mosh. Speaking of humanity, Stephen Hawking was speaking about, the, uh, of course, Stephen Hawking, acclaimed astrophysicist. He, uh, he was commenting in Hong Kong about uh, the future of uh, the human race. And uh, he's quoted as stating that he believes if humanity can survive the next hundred years, if we will no doubt have to be uh, colonizing other planets uh, because of impending uh, global disasters. Hmm. Shitty. Uh, I ain't going nowhere. I'm just going to... He told a news conference in Hong Kong that humans could have a permanent base on the moon in 20 years and a colony on Mars in the next 40 years. Hmm. But it's interesting because uh, last year... When George Bush was uh, commenting that he thought that there would be 
human, col uh, human colonization of Mars. Stephen Hawking was quoted as calling the assertion stupid. So the question is, Mr. Hawking, what is the point of this story? <laughs> <laughs> so here's Stephen Hawking commenting on the future of humanity on Earth and on other planets. We won't find anywhere as nice as Earth unless we go to another star system. It is important for the human race to spread out into space for the survival of this species. Life on Earth is at the ever-increasing risk of being wiped out by a disaster, such as sudden global warming, nuclear war, a genetically engineered virus or other dangers we have not yet thought of. My name is Chris, and I have a tiny penis. What? I don't... I, what? So, Derek, mm -hmm. I've heard that uh, one of my favorite authors, Kim Stanley Robinson, author of the Mars Trilogy, The Years of Rice and Salt, and also most recently... 40 Signs of Rain, 50 Degrees Below. Did he not comment on Hawking's comments? He did. He called Hawking's remarks a wasted opportunity. Hmm. And uh, he said, quote, You want to treat this planet like the only one we have, because Mars is poisonous. What a terrible quote. Who? Kim Stanley's? Yeah. What because, are you talking about? Because Mars is poisonous. That's a great quote. Is it? I, I, you know, that was my first reaction to Hawking, too, that, that instead of just saying, we got to fix what's going on, we can just... Let's just trash it and move on. Though this I, is that really what he's saying, or is he saying he, he's not? Maybe he's acknowledging that, in his opinion, the state of the global environment is beyond repair, and that uh, if if, hum well, if humanity no, is going to survive, we do have to look. Well, that that's absurd because the state of the state of the moon and Mars is much more dangerous for human life right now than Earth. I think that's a good point, Chris. Thanks. That, uh, yeah, the idea, the idea that it would be any easier or more sane to try to create an atmosphere and colonize another planet rather than fix Earth's is, yeah, there's really no logic to it. Yeah. And uh, while I think it's very important to be aware of the state of our planet and to try to do things to fix it, I think it's also important not to just succumb to complete pessimism in saying that it's just dead and there's nothing we can do and and we shouldn't all try to do whatever small thing we can to help with that, whether it be trying not to be a part of car culture and alternative supporting alternative modes of transportation or consuming less garbage, creating less waste. Probably be wise. What else we got? Let's hear the theme from Ghostbusters.
song's awesome. Uh, that's a great song. I like the movie. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen the movie since I was a kid. Scary movie. It's a scary movie, and the second time around, even more obvious to me were the multiple indications that the, mo- the entire movie was uh, about animal rights, vegetarianism. My, even the smallest little things started jumping out at me as messages. Speaking of George Bush, yeah, there was a recently released survey. It's called the the Pew Global Attitudes Project. It's Pew. Uh, it's a survey. I hear it stinks. Conducted between two thousand year two thousand and two thousand and six mm-hmm. in uh, about fifteen different countries around the world about uh, wide ranging opinions opinions on on world issues, mm. current events. I know those. And uh, each year, the interviews were, were done with uh, anywhere between five and 40,000 individuals. Wow, that's the size of Brandon, Manitoba. And uh, the most, or t- to me, one of the most interesting uh, topics it covered was favorable uh. opinion of the U.S. in these different countries, ranging uh, from 2000 to 2006. And uh, to quote a little snippet from the report, it says, a snippet? America's global image has again slipped and support for the war on terrorism has declined, even among close U.S. allies like Japan. What? The war in Iraq is a continuing drag on opinions of the United States, not only in predominantly Muslim countries, predictable, but in Europe and Asia as well. Despite growing concern over Iran's nuclear ambitions, the U.S. presence in Iraq is cited at least as often as Iran, and in many countries more often as a danger to world peace. So this just, I mean, maybe people didn't need an opinion poll to know this. When asked about the Pew opinion poll at a press conference, President Bush responded by saying, quote, that's absurd. The United States is, we'll defend ourselves, but at the same time, we're actively working with our partners to spread peace and democracy. So whoever says that is, it's an absurd statement. It's an empire on the verge of collapse, people. So as a... Speaking of... Uh, the Queen. Speaking of critical mass, Chris. Right. Uh, just as a little follow-up, I saw an interesting article in the News Standard. I know, we're, I know we're always hyping them up, but it's for good reason. They're doing fantastic work. Uh, it's, a, it's really an incredible project. So this article, Justice Department reports inaction on police brutality. This is in the United States, obviously. But it kind of... It goes along with what we were talking about with police powers, police brutality, not only in Winnipeg, but throughout Canada, throughout North America, and in fact, the world. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And uh, the gist of this article is basically saying that out of thousands of public complaints made against police officers for using violence against civilians, an overwhelming majority do not result in disciplinary action against the officers. They're just thrown out. Basically, complaints are made. It's a formal process just so... People think that, you know... There, there is a process. Yeah. They make a process that's just meaningless. There's recourse. Yeah. It's a sham. And it reminded me of, uh, in, the, in February, uh, reading uh, and watching on the net a story that uh, CBS4 in Florida did on how to file a complaint against a police officer in Florida. And what they did is they had uh, an undercover police officer pose as someone wanting to uh, file a complaint against a police officer and went around to multiple police departments in the Florida area and uh, asked for what the process was and asked if there was a form that he could take and fill out and mail in somewhere. And the results of the investigation were, I, I was 
flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. Yeah, and then so after I dealt with that, I was shocked. And uh, so whatever, I ran it under some cold water. And then after that, Hmm. I was surprised because it was my birthday and I'd forgotten. (laughs) Anyway, so we had a party, ate some cake. And then after that was done, I went back to the story. And uh, I just thought it was kind of like, you know, business as usual that... Almost all of these departments acted host- in a hostile manner towards the person wanting to file the complaint. And uh, in one case, the officer actually made the person leave without a complaint form, without any sort of recourse for his complaint that he supposedly wanted to file, followed him off the property, and uh, undid the clip on his holster for his gun in order to intimidate the person to leave the police building. Mm. That doesn't sound like much of a story. Well, Derek, on the subject of police brutality, who the fuck is Pitchfork? Um, it was banned from uh, San Diego back in the early 90s. Went on to become Drive Like Jehu. Oh, we, we played a show with them in 1991. Really? In uh, Portland. Drive Like Jehu. Yeah. So this is... This is the original, but I, I think this, this CD, which was called uh, Eucalyptus, was actually a pretty excellent cd especially it was far ahead of its time hmm. musically since it came out in i think 87 or 88 oh wow yeah. so this is pitchfork with burn pigs burn on g7 radio <laughs> Thank you. 
So what do you got coming up here, Derek? I got a little bit of Fugazi. Oh, I've had that before. Yeah, I got to get in on the pill taker. I had the doctor come and swab the deck, if you know what I mean. Poop deck. This is Smallpox Champion. On G7 Radio. You're a smallpox <laughs> Beautiful action, we're 
that, Derek, was the evens. Didn't sound very even to me. Sounded very uneven. Pretty uneven. That is Ian McKay from Fugazi and Amy Farina from Jeff Farina's sister. I don't know. Who the fuck is Jeff Farina? Uh, He's in karate. But what band is he in? Oh, I haven't heard them. With Crude Bomb. That was a song, Crude Bomb, from their self-titled debut. I hear that the Evens are working on a new album. I can't wait. You know, sometimes if you want people to listen, you have to speak quietly. Like a ghost. Like a ghost. This is our house. (laughs) So, Derek, a lot of people have been asking, they've been inquiring, demanding, pleading that we... You know, take some time to talk about G7. Or do they want to know? I don't, I don't, I think, something like that. I think people were actually, they just wanted John Sampson on the show. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have John Sampson here today. He'll be here at the end of the show. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. He's coming up. John K. Sampson is coming in here today to talk. Oh. Um, before that, before that, uh, you know, we've, we've really held off. On talking about G7 related stuff because, well, we hate it. Yeah. Um, Why do you think we do this radio show? We, yeah. No, so Derek, what's going on in the G7 world? Let's fucking let people in on the fucking secret, man. Yeah. What the I fuck th- is going on? We've been silent since we last have been November. Silent. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we've re- we released the Potemkin City Limits record on, on vinyl, vinyl, which which was almost done. Well, it was actually a. It was the a disaster. worst debacle of yeah, G7's terrible. entire history. Yeah, the, the guy, the owner of the, of the pressing plant is a bona fide fucking idiot. Yeah, let, let's just say right now, Acme Vinyl. Acme Vinyl. In Toronto, Ontario. Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Are, I, you know, I won't speak for any of the employees there, but the owner... Is an idiot. Is, yeah, he is a, a fucking bonehead. We have been so screwed over by them, and uh, even their promises to fix the things they fucked up have been falling flat. And uh, frankly, it's garnishing. Garnishing? It's tarnishing. <laughs> it's putting parsley on our reputation. <laughs> it's garnishing our <laughs> reputation with cilantro. And cilantro smells like feet. And aspirin. So anyway, we, yeah, we've been silent. People, some people have been emailing. Are you guys going to put on any more records? What the hell is going on? All we ever do is make a fucking radio show. And certainly that doesn't take us a whole month. Well, even though it does. So what do we got coming up? Okay, Chris. What? The first, the first thing that we're going to got coming up is we are going to be releasing. Get ready for this, people. Hang on to your fucking hats. Old G7 records hmm. in digital form. Holy shit. It's yeah. almost like just downloading songs like you do now. Except you're going to have to pay for them. <laughs> now, so, now look, though. These aren't just any old fucking files. No, they are. No, there's you know there there was a period of G seven history. Oh, that we'd rather forget. It's G seven prehistory, actually. It is. It's prehistoric. So broke crack <clears throat> mountain. There's a, a period of G seven prehistory. I'm going to call it. Yeah, I'll which, agree with which that. spanned uh, a year, probably 1995 to 1996. I think 94, if I do remember correctly. 1994. Yeah. So 1994. 1994, G7 was formed by... Me. Chris. Me. And Me. John. Me! <laughs> and... Ah! John! 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 Ah! <laughs> oh! John! Ah! So Me! anyway... So, so, I formed it! So Chris... What? Uh, formed G7. In which <laughs> 1994, I, I started G7. Ah! <laughs> In 1994, I started G7. That's the end of that part of the story. And we put out... Uh, <laughs> and so, the, so the first record that I put out, that, that uh, you put out, was... Uh, I Spy with Propagandy. I Spy Propagandy. Split 10-inch that also appeared on Recess Records in the States. Yes. And some good mic. Oh, what was that? <laughs> that was a crazy throat swallow. Oh, let me try that. No, but in 1994, 
before the G7 that you listeners know it as, where we started with, what was the first record? Consolidated? Consol- no, But Alive. With the first record that G7 put out that you people, you listeners would know about, probably most of you, would be But Alive's And uh, that came out in 97, right? Yes, January or February of 1997. 1997. Okay, so the prehistory Derek's talking about, there's two releases that people probably don't know about. Most people. One is Red Fisher's War Wagon CD, which is strangely, not strangely to us, but wanted. Yeah, yeah, they, they were a Winnipeg institution yeah, for in years. the early 90s. And featured John, John Stewart of, of Miko fame. Yeah, and featured Jason Tate of the Weaker Lands That's on right, drums. Jason Tate was in the Red, in the Red Fisher. Yep. Now, the other release, which I think people are going to go mental for, was a split release mm-hmm. featuring G7 co-founder, no, no, I wasn't on this thing. <laughs> um, it featuring Painted Thin, a Winnipeg band that features Stephen Carroll of uh, Weaker Than's fame. Well, he thinks he's famous. The other half of that split CD, hold on to your hats, girls, John K. Sampson's Little Pictures CD. <laughs> Wow, so he put out the record and was on it. What? I don't... I, what? what you're trying to say here, what you're trying to say is that Samson had his name involved with G7 at some, some point. Yes. Now, you know, it's sort of like saying that I part of G7. Because <laughs> <laughs> my name's Your involved. Name's involved. But I don't do anything. <laughs> and such as it was back then. Oh, the tables have turned. The tables have turned. So you're basically saying that I'm John K. Sampson and the tables have turned. No, I'm John K. Sampson. Am I a cultural titan now? No, I would be now because I don't do anything and he didn't do anything. Oh, so I'm you. You're me now. Oh, fuck. Uh, so people, sh- I'm going to predict that people are going to be excited about this. We've, we've remastered it to sound unbelievable. That was an air wink for all you idiots <laughs> out there. <laughs> okay, we haven't remastered it. No, no, no. Didn't I do something? You just cut the track. Oh, no, out. you know oh, what? You did. You I did. EQ. Yeah. So you're going to be able to get this record instead of fucking paying $900 on eBay for a John Sampson fucking poetry book. Poetry book. I sold that. Own it today. And the, and the reason, I mean, we've put a lot of heart and soul in, into these digital releases um, because we really pride ourselves on our crap and shit. I think that's the one thing you will find, unlike other labels who just fart digital releases out there. There's a high level of craftsmanship on uh, these digital releases. Yeah. We pride ourselves on our craftsmanship. Yeah. So, um, also on, on the, on the same topic of these digital downloads. Yeah. At the same time that we'll be releasing these, those three releases. Yeah. We will be what? We'll be releasing two other records. Real ones or digital Also digitally. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Check this out. A Winnipeg band called Giant Suns. They were an instrumental three piece. Yep. Excellent band. We are proud. Derek, can I, I go would so say far we're say, proud. Yes. Oh, we're proud. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's, a, it's an anthology. It's called anthology. It's not called, to be confused with swallowing, swallowing shit, shit anthology. anthology. This is a different anthology. It's like the songs are different, but it's and there's less of them, and but they're longer. Yeah, but it's still somehow sort of, called anthology. Yeah, this is a fan. These are fantastic songs. They were a great band. It was a. I, I just became acquainted with them, familiar with them near the end of their existence which incidentally was a a propaganda show at the west end cultural center and uh, they blew me away yeah and uh, i've been listening to the they released two self-released cds which were just fantastic fantastic and and somehow flew under the radar yeah so we're going to be releasing these digitally along with two unreleased previously unreleased tracks yeah yeah very excited and you know coming up we're going to play one of their songs on the show yeah the fifth digital release that we will be launching late August yes. in this digital five pack will be Greg McPherson's first oh, that's right. record, which he released, Balanced on a Pin. It's Greg McPherson's first record. Um, yeah, this is a self-released record. I think it's a great record. It's been out of print for a while because Greg was making them himself and he just stopped. And But there's, yeah, a lot of demand for it. And now people are going to be able to uh, download it. It's an archival project in that we're, we're taking some of these old releases. We're 
just making them available for people mm-hmm. uh, using this new technology. It's a fair way to compensate content creators that's and without adding to the garbage and waste that's right that is so endemic 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 thanks to the cd manufacturing industry maybe we should play some of that right now chris and here right now we have giant suns with a knife in the dark soon to be released as anthology what are you gonna say it's so fucking funny (laughs) i'll put my knife in your dark It'd be like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Giant sounds. So that was Giant Suns. What? No. Yeah. Yes. Knife in the Dark. Imagine that times 14. That's what you'll get on Anthology. Except they're all different. Anyways, moving on. Derek. How you doing? Have I ever... I'm okay. I'm okay. For those who don't know, um, Derek and I are broadcasting live from my house. Uh, my house was built... In 1925, according to the city of Winnipeg, and it just so happens it was built on, on land that was formerly an amusement park in 1900. Are you serious? It's true. This used to be an amusement park. Called Happy Land. A permanent, yeah, a permanent one. And it was, it was either burnt down or was torn down in 1906. Um, so we are, we are right in around the 100th anniversary right now. That's right, of the burning of, of Happy, Happy Land. Land. Weird. That's fucked. So here we are, sitting in front of, of a Ouija board, and we're going to attempt to make contact with with any extracurricular 
uh, extra entities, sort of metaphysical entities, entities that might be here in, in yeah. the house. This is this is the first installment of G7's paranormal investigations. Yeah. So we put our fingertips, Derek, okay. on top of the uh, Ouija, lightly, very lightly. Okay. Just light enough so that it can will move on its own if if need be. Okay. And what we do. You, we will we will ask we will ask for if there's any entities around. Okay. And uh, they will speak to us through these letters and numbers and hellos and goodbyes and yeses and noes. Okay. So Derek, are you ready for the first G seven Ouija board paranormal investigation? Ready? Yeah. So now we are now placing our fingertips upon the Ouija thing. Open your mind. We are seeking entities not of this reality, not of our perception. Is there anyone here that wants to make contact with us now? You're moving this. Here you... Anyone want to make contact? Is there anyone there? Are you doing that? Are you doing that? No, I'm not. I thought you were. This thing's actually moving towards numbers. You're not moving it? I'm not moving it. Is there anyone here who wants to make contact with us today? Feel free to make contact. We are here. Please, please send us a sign through the board. Well, the, the thing is moving. I'm not moving it. Please do make contact. What? Okay, we got ourselves a... Are you moving this? No. We have a T. Is that a T? We'll assume this is a T. We've gone to a T. We've actually moved about four inches. So, T. Spirit, does the T stand for something? Again, it's moving. Are you moving this? Okay, Spirit, we acknowledge that you're trying to get to yes, clearly. Are you... Do you... What's your name? Spirit, will you tell us your name? My arms are getting tired. Mine too. How do people do this? Okay, well, I would say that's a successful first G7 paranormal investigation. The thing actually moved. What, what was the first thing? Is there a, It moved to T. When we asked what? 
uh, we were just asking if there are any spirits here, if anyone else was here and it moved to T. T. Does that mean any anything to anybody out there? Uh, you know, send us your ideas. Yeah. Send us your comments. If, if you have experience with using Ouija boards. And somebody named T. Send us an email. Is Mr. T dead? Mr. T, I believe, is still alive. Spirit. What was that? What? I just had a crazy shiver. I think I heard something, actually. Really? Yeah. And then I got a crazy shiver. Well, Derek, it looks like we've come to the end of another piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, once again, you know, these things just keep getting worse and worse. And I wonder at what point uh, the listeners are just going to collectively send us a resounding stop, you know, <laughs> like just stop it because it's you're wasting bandwidth. You're wasting time. Why don't you guys focus on getting your fucking books in order so the government doesn't come and seize all of your assets. You know, that would be a wiser use of our time. Like, we haven't filed a tax return in three years. Like, what, we're, we're spending time doing this. It's unbelievable. Anyway. <laughs> you should send an email to us. <laughs> that sounds reasonable. Hopefully, we have the presence of mind to stop before it gets to that. Yeah, hopefully. We're, I mean, it is there. It is there, but But hopefully, stop- we have the presence of mind... To develop a time machine to go back in time and not do any of this. Yes, like not even start with that first episode. Oh, fuck. I'd like to encourage everybody right now to go and download our first episode and compare how bad it's gotten since then, even right. though that was the worst one ever. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. I think the number five was bad. <clears throat> number six here is shaping up to be as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the part where you pretend to be a ghost. <laughs> Other than that... What are you talking about? 
pretending to be a ghost? Should this be the last show? It can't be. It's the only thing that keeps our listeners entertained. Yub yub. Yub yub. This is the last show. That's it. We're done. Fuck off.